Welcome to another Art of Relationships podcast. We are grateful for listeners like you. Let's get right into it. Hey, everyone. We are so excited to be back with you here on our podcast. Mandy, thanks for that great introduction. We always love hearing her beautiful Scottish accent. (laughs) Really beautiful. But uh, anyway, we have a really great uh, show planned for you today. And Chris, we have a topic that we are going to address. It's kind of a, a a new phrase in dating called cuffing mm. the cuffing season so you want to let's unpack that a little bit and let's talk about some pros and cons and wh- what i mean by the cuffing season is that now that the cold season is starting to come well unless you live in southern california where it's 90 degrees today still in october but um the the cold season is starting to come everybody's coupling up and so cuffing season happens in the winter where you are willing to settle for a new boyfriend or girlfriend that maybe is way below mm. your standards but uh, you just want someone to couple up with to get you through those long lonely winters yeah and and this isn't new i mean this is part of human behavior from the very beginning we just come up with new words for it and 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 cultures change but every you know i think you can look back you know 50 100 200 even a thousand years ago Mm -hmm. and people want to be around other people they don't want to be lonely and loneliness is hard right Mm -hmm. we don't want to be alone and we want to we want to connect with somebody and and i think what I guess kids, I don't know, young people are calling cuffing or whatever mm-hmm. the season is. It, it, you know, it's it's just part of human nature and human desire to want to be part of somebody, to, to, to be connected. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's deeply built into us. I think God created us this way. You know, I think there's even biological, you know, reasons. You know, in, in, when we start to feel maybe a little bit more isolated or lonely, you know, some people talk about, you know, things like serotonin dropping and you know that oh we need to start to feel better and by being around other people because well, we really have help. we have less sunlight mm-hmm. it's it's colder in the winter sure. and so those hormone levels change yeah and i think what ends up happening too is we start to find holidays start to come into play mm. and breaks where you know nobody wants to be alone I, I remember at least man having to be alone on christmas or christmas eve i used to work in you know in graduate school and, you know as a security guard you know trying to get through you know a degree program and it was I had to be there on all major holidays and it was lonely and hard mm. and I'd be like oh my gosh everybody's out celebrating or with family and here I am mm-hmm. guarding a plant full of water picks and shower massages from nobody nobody wanted to break in and steal a water pick <laughs> why would you break in one I mean it's, it's like a, a water toothbrush I'm gonna give me a new toothbrush <laughs> <laughs> or a shower massage who cares okay nobody... I might go for the shower massage. yeah but I, I guarded this entire warehouse on on, on you know these vacation days that I wanted to be with people, so the the the, the desire and the want is, is pretty strong. That social mm-hmm. aspect is strong, not just the biological, right? I, yeah, you also get the the plus one pressure mm-hmm. because you have holiday parties, like you have Halloween yeah. parties, you have Christmas. You want somebody to to take home for Christmas. You have, like you said, New Year's. You have Valentine's in February, and there's that social pressure of hey, you're invited to a party, and it says Elisa 
a plus one. Mm-hmm. So you have that pressure of, oh, I've got to find somebody. I've got to have somebody. I've got to be with somebody. Yeah. And, and you know, so a lot of people will write about this and talking about what does it do? All right. Well, it, it, it is definitely, you know, a reaction to being alone. Mm-hmm. It's a reaction to loneliness. And, 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 and you kind of go with this person and they're like, well, they're just comfortable and Right. And Mm -hmm. and soothing. And they're like, I I just enjoy need somebody. I may not you know, they may be below my standards or maybe somebody wouldn't date, but there's not much else around. (laughs) Yeah. I think what we're saying is that it's probably it's born out of a legitimate need to feel connected to other people, to feel connected to someone else. And a lot of times we interpret that need in terms of a romantic bent or romantic interest yeah and and so what's wrong with that well nothing really you're you're following a natural inclination desire and whether it's you know social or whether it's biological or whether it's emotional or isn't it just casual dating yeah in in fact really what it is is taking something and and kind of turning a friendship into something more let's say or, or mm-hmm. even you maybe not even have a friendship with the person mm-hmm. you're just wanting it's just the more it's just the more yeah <laughs> now I, I think anytime we start talking about emotional connections with people at least I think mm-hmm. that is where the rub comes in mm-hmm. if it was just that and everybody you know now it's February or March and you know we're all out of those seasons mm-hmm. and we're back and you can say okay that was fun thanks and the other person yeah that was fun that would be great, but but the danger is emotional connections uh, can happen with mm-hmm. the wrong person. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even you can be with the wrong person and have an emotional connection. In fact, one of the quickest ways to become emotionally connected to somebody is have sex with them. Mm-hmm. Having sex with somebody does something very powerful. We all think, oh, there are a lot of ways you can have sex, and mm-hmm. uh, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just a physical act. And then you can step separate from that person. Well, that's not the way sex works. Sex is a very bonding mm-hmm. experience that was designed in our beliefs by God to connect two people in marriage to create mm-hmm. oneness. And mm-hmm. it's not just physical oneness, it's emotional oneness. Mm. Well, being close to somebody, even if it's just in a cuffing season and somebody maybe, but but there's some sort of maybe even physical involvement, hugging, mm-hmm. kissing, whatever, leads to deeper emotional connections. And man, that that's dangerous. Especially if it's one-sided. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go into it thinking that it's nothing, that is, this is just going to be short term. But what do you do if one of you starts to develop feelings mm-hmm. and the other one doesn't? Then you've really opened yourself up to some heartache. Yeah. What if this other person doesn't think that you're a step down? The other person thinks you're a step up and they start to really like you, mm-hmm. like you said. Well, all of a sudden now they're developing strong emotional feelings. And now you got you got a problem on your hand because you are, in a sense, using another person, aren't you? Exactly. Well, you're you're getting together physically. I would venture to say in most of American culture where there's the cuffing season is that it's going to result in in sexual activity mm-hmm. and that that unfortunate bonding in that way outside of the commitment. And what's too bad is that uh, you have that physical bonding, but you don't have the emotional 
connection that really you're ultimately longing for deep down, but you're missing that because you're holding back. You know that it's going to end at some point. And Mm -hmm. so you protect your heart, you protect yourself, and you don't let people into those deeper, uh, emotionally intimate places because you know it's going to end. They're not going to be there. The agreement is, hey, you know, this is one and done in terms of a season. Mm -hmm. Come March, I know you're out of here. And so I'm going to protect my heart. Yeah, and that that leases where the in a sense Hence it's the emo- yeah the rub the emotional manipulation that you may be doing not purposely but unconsciously as you are opening doors to a bond uh, that you're going it's going to affect you quite possibly for the rest of your life that is these things go deep right yeah. and it's first of all it's legitimate we we all have that need to connect to somebody. But you're doing it outside of a committed relationship. Mm-hmm. And by committed, I mean you're either engaged or married. You know, and, and, and when we step outside of those bounds and those boundaries, what happens is we risk becoming emotionally connected to somebody who we are not compatible mm. with, who we'll never mm-hmm. be with and we shouldn't be with. Exactly. Exactly. So as Christians, what what do you feel like if this is a legitimate need, it is. Mm-hmm. but we're looking to meet that legitimate need in an illegitimate way as believers, how do we respond to that? What's What's the answer then? How well, do we connect in the short term? Do we? Is it okay yeah. to think of it just in the short term? Well, okay, we are wired biblically to connect, I and mean, it, it's clear, right? I mean, from the very first, you know, statement about humans. It wasn't something, you know, Lisa, you've talked about this before. It wasn't that God said sin is bad. That wasn't the first thing he said was not the good. eating the apple wasn't the first problem. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. the first problem. The first problem of, well, if you call it a problem, we would say what wasn't good. In, in God's creation, all was good except for one thing. It was not good mm-hmm. for man to be alone, alone, for a woman to be alone. And so yeah. that's why he created us male and female. You know, he mm-hmm. took the rib out of the man, created it, so it's not good. So we're wired for this deep need of connection. God made it that way. Mm-hmm. But is the romantic relationship the only way to meet that need? Right. I think we would both agree that no, it's not. It's not. That's right. And we could we could spend a whole lot of time on that need being fulfilled in deep friendships. In fact, mm-hmm. a lot of people would say it's best fulfilled in a deep, intimate friendship that mm-hmm. need as much as it is in a sexual relationship in marriage. So you can meet that need mm-hmm. even as a single person. You can feel deeply connected and meet those deep needs with somebody else that's just a friend mm-hmm. in, in an intimate, you know, non-physical relationship. So, but the second thing is, least not only are we wired for this, but we're also, I think biblically, we're called to treat other people and you've talked about mm. a lot, you know, in Philippians 2, 3, and 4, mm-hmm. do nothing out of selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility, mm-hmm. let us consider each one is more important than ourselves, right? Yeah. I love that word, that that idea of biblical humility. This whole Philippians 2, 3 through 4 is the exact opposite of what 
in my perspective, cuffing season means, where you're you're just cuffing and connecting with somebody short term to make you feel good. Mm-hmm. Your interest is not in helping grow them as a person in meeting their needs in sacrificial love that we're called to do in friendship and in our romantic relationships and mm-hmm. in, in marriage, right? We're not doing that. Cuffing is automatically just assuming I'm just here because I'm lonely, because I want somebody and I want my needs met, which is the exact opposite of Philippians 2, 3, and 4. So there's this great story of, um, well, when you look at biblical humility, I love this term because uh, it's the idea of of putting someone else first and of being able to say no to yourself. Of uh, It's the opposite of insisting on your own way, your own needs, and it's being able to say, no, beloved, you first. Mm-hmm. You first. And it makes me think of this time whenever um, you and I were married and we went to a um, conference. You had a, a conference in Philadelphia. And so I went with Chris to this conference and um, while he was doing his business things and uh, going to the different seminars, I went ahead and just took some of those little tours of Philadelphia through the historic sites because I love history. It's just it's just one of my thing. I love history. And so I'm going and I'm seeing Betsy Ross's house. I'm looking at all these, you know, old places. And we actually went to Independence Hall where there's the Liberty Bell and the people who work there are, they're called docents. And they dress in that colonial dress. You know what I mean? Like they have the white powdered wigs and the vest and the short breeches and the the black shiny shoes with the yellow buckle on it. And this docent was standing there. This man was dressed like this and he looked so regal and so fine. He was standing very tall against the wall with his hands behind his back and just very regal. And so I went up to him and I said, excuse me, sir, do you mind? Can can I take your picture? And he just kind of smiled at me and he, he looked at me and he says, so this would make you happy? <laughs> yeah. And I said, oh, yes, this would make me very happy. And he just bowed very slightly, smiling, and said, then it is what I live for. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, that was awesome. Oh, my gosh. Can, can I just invite my husband in here, and can you tell him what you just said? And he just kind of chuckled and smiled, and he says, that is what all the ladies say. And I just thought that was awesome. That yeah. was awesome. And I just thought that was stupid, man. I mean, he ruined it for everybody. No how, way. How, how it was he, great. Not, 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 your story's awesome. But his behavior is like, oh, my gosh, it's hard to live <laughs> up to that. This is what I live for. He's setting the high bar. <laughs> but that is the perfect example of biblical humility, isn't it? Yeah. To be able to say, no, beloved, you first. Yeah. That is what, this would make you happy? Then it's what I live for, which is exactly opposite of what the cuffing season seems to represent. Yeah, and, and by opposite, it means, it reminds me of this girl that, you know, when, when I went to college, my I think we were in the dorms of my second year, she lived right across the hall, and her and her roommate, um, but she really, 
I manipulated this in a very interesting way. I, I saw three to four of my friends that lived on the same floor get to know her. They would go over there and she would listen to them and talk with them and touch them. And she was very touchy feely and even hug them. One time I walked in and my sweet mate was lying there. They were both just on the bed. They were friends, fully clothed, but just kind of together, just like, and, and I remember thinking, are you guys what's up, man? Are you dating? And he's like, no, she's just a friend. And I go, that is so you like, what? Oh no, it's just fun to lay there and talk. And she's really good to talk to. And she's real touchy and we just hug and all that. Like, mm. okay, that's a little bit weird. And then the <laughs> next guy, you know, like an hour or two later, here comes another guy. And then, you know, the next day, here's another guy. I'm like, are you, who, what is this girl doing? It's and a I form remember, of friendship with benefits. Yeah. Just maybe different benefits. Yeah. I and, I, and, and so I, I, I do think she could have probably, you know, listened to this podcast and gotten some ideas that, hold on, what am I, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm manipulating using something, this physical touch, emotional connection, and mm -hmm. I'm creating these strong bonds with these guys who, by the way, I mean, they would show up, they would want to be there. And in fact, someone wanted to date her and she's like, no, no, this is just, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm thinking, okay. I don't know. That just seemed odd to me because I felt like what, what she was doing wasn't fair or it wasn't mm -hmm. playing by the rules. It was beginning to manipulate. And, and, and as a new Christian at the time, I saw that this doesn't seem to be the way you should do this. And so I, I guess, Lisa, there's some alternatives. If, if, if you find yourself there needing that kind of connection with other people, there are some other ways of doing this rather than cuffing. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. And, I, and you mentioned one just earlier. You talked about, uh, about pouring yourself into your friendships and really concentrate on going deeper in your friendships. If you're really missing that intimacy, that intimate connection with somebody on an emotional level, then a great place is to pour into your girlfriends, your guy friends, whether it's a same-sex friendship, opposite-sex friendship, your family, maybe. A great time to pour into there to get those emotional needs met. Yeah, and you do it in a way that still respects boundaries and doesn't you know, mm -hmm. take advantage of this whole idea of, oh, I don't know, I, we feel close and so therefore we can hug and therefore, you know, it could lead to even more. I, instead, I think you still have to maintain those boundaries, right? You, and you set them, right? I mean, a, a physical and emotional boundary it, it basically means really in this, there's should be little to no physical conduct. Mm -hmm. it, it's this idea of you kind of take it nice and slow and, and hold that line and... Otherwise, I think you risk that sense of what we were designed and created to do through the touch. By the way, of mm -hmm. all the sensations and of all of the senses that we have, taste, smell, right, hearing, vision, touch, touch is by far the most intimate. Mm. And it's the one that is really the hardest. We have a lot of rules around it, like who we can touch, how often we can touch, when and where, and who we allow to touch. And so the, a lot of those rules about touching are because it's so powerful. It, it, mm -hmm. it, it releases chemicals in us. It, when, when we touch somebody else's hand, I remember the first mm -hmm. time, Lisa, you and I held hands, Ooh. you know, and, and what, what that feeling was like. And, 
I still remember that I wasn't holding your hand, and you you went and asked your mom what you should do, and she told you <laughs> you should go hold his hand. And so I remember the very first time we held hands is because your mom told you to grab my hand because he's too slow. You remember that? <laughs> yeah. Like, good Lord. We would come in, come in from being together. My mom would be like, well, did he hold your hand? And it's like, no, Mom, he didn't. And she's like, wow, well, you just go ahead and hold his hand. And that was so, it's like, no, Mom, there's no way I can't do that. That's too embarrassing. I was not going to make the first move. Yeah, but you eventually we kind of I kind of did you said something witty or funny and so I took the opportunity and just kind of ha 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 slid my (laughs) arm through yours and grabbed your hand and uh, you didn't let go no I didn't didn't let go no no no, and and it's because I I had known we'd known each other for a while and we're talking and and but but we had but there was a clear boundary I was going to hold and you know I was going to not have but holding hands was was okay in, in situations like that and well, we had really worked to establish our friendship That's first. Right. And really, that was going to be another point that I was going to make is that if you focus on building a real platonic friendship first with a person, instead of starting with a romantic focus, then that relationship might actually end up being much more meaningful mm-hmm. and much more satisfying ultimately in the long run. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? I, I do. I think it is more satisfying. I think because what you're doing is it it it, it is one of these. Uh, I guess you call it a discipline, right? It's a way in which we can give. I remember purposely saying, Lord, I, I want this to be a good friendship. I want to establish a friendship first. And I know that I can mm-hmm. microwave this and fast forward this as I had in past by, by, by touching, by holding, by allowing somebody in more. And that, uh, you know, creates a stronger emotional bond. And it just never worked out very well for me. And I remember saying, Lord... I think what you're calling me to do is establish a friendship mm-hmm. first, not to microwave this with this cuffing, holding, you know, a, 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 and being careful. And mm-hmm. so I think what, for us at least, what happened is it established a very strong friendship first mm-hmm. in which we gave that. And in fact, I remember telling you, do you remember? <laughs> we, were, we were sitting outside one day and... and and I said this to you, I said, at least, you know, because mm-hmm. we've been friends for, you know, and dating and started to date and, and be that special person mm-hmm. with each other. And mm-hmm. I said, Lisa, you're probably wondering why I haven't kissed you yet. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my gosh. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, me and my mom and my sister <laughs> yeah. and my best friend and the lady down the street. <laughs> We're all wondering what is going that? on here. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I, I said, yeah, I knew you would be. And I said, you know, here's the thing. And I just told you, I felt like there were standards that I felt like I needed to uphold that I I hadn't done well in the past. And that kissing and holding and touching led to deeper connections and led hearts to go to places that I didn't want them to go to. I didn't Mm -hmm. realize that there was such power in that, but I had learned from my Mm -hmm. mistakes and I wanted this relationship to be based on something other than that. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't kiss until we got engaged. Now that was our story. Not everybody out there is going to be able to do that Mm -hmm. or want to do that. And that's fine. It was just for me. And Elisa, I know for you too, you appreciated that standard. Oh yeah. Gosh, it made me feel very protected Mm -hmm. by you. And it made me feel very special Mm -hmm. to you because you were willing to put things aside that could possibly pose any danger Mm -hmm. to ruin our relationship. And so I really felt like you were were willing to sacrifice and put put your put those those desires 
on hold in mm-hmm. order to protect our relationship because it made me feel like I was so precious to you. You did not want to mess it up. Yeah. And no, that was really, really special. Yeah, no, I didn't want to mess it up. And I, I still can't believe that your neighbor really knew and asked and care. <laughs> like, who are, who are you talking to? My goodness, you're, the neighbor wants to know if I've kissed you? Remember well, the little boy that lived across the street, Peter? <laughs> and we'd get, go in and out of the car and he'd be like, Elise and Chris yeah. sitting in the trees. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, no way. Has he kissed you yet? No, shut up, Peter. You're only like <laughs> 10 years old. What do you know about kissing? No, that was funny. But anyway, I think if you get into a relationship, here's the bottom line, Lise. What would you recommend? If you're in this relationship, you really have to commit to these standards. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you're going to, to, to spend that, know that hearts are easily connected. And easily broken. And easily broken. Mm-hmm. And I think you really have to be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. I think you have to be really transparent with yourself. And if you are not able or willing to approach it from that biblical perspective of honoring the other person, that biblical love, respect, kindness, faithfulness, if you're not willing to do that, then you have to really understand that you're venturing into territory of using Mm -hmm. someone for selfish gain, and that is not okay, Mm -hmm. even if they are willing to be used. Mm -hmm. It is not okay. And as Christians, we are called to more than that. Yeah, we really are. And and you are open. You're heading into dangerous territory of not just using somebody, but also letting your heart get away from you, mm-hmm. um, in a way that all of a sudden now you become blinded to the differences that you really do have with this person that maybe isn't is belligerent because you're not compatible. You're mm-hmm. not. You don't agree on major issues. You mm-hmm. just are interested in not connecting. And now all of a sudden you can feel an emotional bond to somebody mm-hmm. that, by the way, after you, let's say, maybe you believe that and you carry that all the way through to marriage, pretty soon that's going to wear off that physical, you know, massive need for emotional bonding and connection. And all of a sudden you wake up one day and you realize, wait a minute, I don't even like this person. Mm-hmm. We don't have any interest in common. We just got married because it felt good. And, and I thought we just took this and it would last forever. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? What finally the passion when it fades, mm-hmm. you have to have a companionship and a friendship. And if that's not there, man, that yeah. passion's not going to keep that marriage going. Yeah. And there's got to be that maturity too, for that sense of delayed gratification mm-hmm. of that really deep, intimate relationship. Yeah. And being willing to, instead of just, you know, get through the season, uh, you know, in a different way, uh, in order to preserve your testimony, in order to preserve your heart for the person and people that God has brought into your life. No, I think that's great, Lise. Well, what a great topic. And um, uh, it's been fun to talk about these kinds of things with you. I look forward to the next thing that we do. Yeah, me too. And we just want to remind our listeners, too, that if you are in a relationship and, and you feel like you're just stuck or maybe you have questions about a relationship that you're in or that you want to be in, we actually have free relationship advice hours uh, that you can call. You can do it by Zoom. If you're in the Southern California area, you can come by, make an appointment in our office. But we have trained individuals 
individuals, um, marriage and family therapist, a spiritual director, and then Chris and myself to uh, to help answer those questions one-on-one in a phone call, by Zoom, or in person. So just go to our website at cmr.biola.edu and look for those free relationship advice appointments. We'd love to talk with you. Yeah, and if you like this podcast, man, just click the like button, the the thumbs up, the Give us five stars. stars five, whatever it is, and tell people about yeah, it. Yeah, baby. All right. Good okay. talk with you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Art of Relationships. This podcast is only made possible through generous donations from listeners just like you. If you like it and want to help keep the podcast going, visit our website at cmr.biola.edu and make a donation today.